Hear now the word of the Lord. This is why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, and it's talking about Jesus, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him so that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to those whom he will. The Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in Himself, so He has granted the Son also to have life in Himself. And He has given Him authority to execute judgment because He is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear His voice and come out those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. Let's pray. Father, would you help us now as we come uh, to these mysterious words of Jesus? Uh, we confess that uh, in, in many ways we're, we're insufficient, not, not just to intellectually understand what is going on here, but, but to grasp these words in a way that they, that they change us. And so we come humbled before you, trusting in the promise of your Holy Spirit and, and begging his help. And we pray that he would open us, our eyes, our ears, our hearts, that he would teach us, and that he would bring us to a deep communion with you this morning, so that we will hear and live. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Our culture in general uh, tends to approach spirituality uh, like a trip to Newberry. You know Newberry, the frozen yogurt place? Some of you have gone there, and you come in the door, and they, they hand you little, these little cups, and you can, you can sample any flavor that you want. And even when you get the cup that you have to pay for, you can put whatever you want in there. Any combination of flavor, any combination of toppings that you want on your frozen yogurt. We like our religion like that. We like our religious leaders like that. Uh, you could see that in the responses to the recent visit of Pope Francis. We'll take a little of that social view, uh, but not that moral stand. We'll take, a, we'll take a little bit of this interesting ritual, but, but not those theological convictions. John 5 will not let us approach Jesus that way. It will not let us approach Jesus that way. If we take seriously what we find in this passage, 
Jesus cannot be a sample. He cannot be one flavor, one topping among many. Jesus is an all or nothing kind of a deal. Verse 24, in the midst of a very complex teaching, draws a very clear line. And I think it's the key to this passage. Those who hear and believe have life. Those who don't have judgment. And the question I want us to ask this morning is why should we hear and believe? With these very exclusive claims that Jesus makes, why should we listen to Him? Why should we listen to Jesus? From this passage, two reasons for listening to Jesus. We should listen to Him because of His relationship to God, and we should listen to Him because of His relationship to us. So first of all, his relationship to God. Jesus gets himself into hot water. He gets himself into trouble here in John chapter 5. He has healed a man, and he told that man to pick up his mat and carry it home. And the problem is that he did that on the Sabbath. This highly regulated day of sacred rest for God's people. A time when you weren't allowed to carry anything of weight outside of your own home. The Sabbath detectives, they begin to investigate the crime of this man carrying his mat, and it leads them ultimately to Jesus. And he gets himself into more trouble because of the way that he defends his actions, the way he defends himself. Because he doesn't go and argue the legal code. He rather claims a unique relationship to the law giver. Verse 17, he says, My Father, God, He works on the Sabbath, so I work on the Sabbath. And these very well-educated religious leaders understood that for anyone other than God to say that was blasphemy. What Jesus said in their paradigm, in their understanding of Scripture, was blasphemy. But Jesus doesn't backpedal. He steps even further in. He doesn't just say that. He also says that he uniquely knows and does the work of God. He said he uniquely loves and is loved by God. He claims the same honor that God claims. And he says that just as God has life in himself, Jesus has life in himself. There's no other conclusion from what Jesus says than that he is claiming to be God. As he claims to be the Son of the Father, he is claiming full divinity. Not that there are two gods, but that there is one God in three equal persons, Father, Son, and as elsewhere developed in the Gospel, Holy Spirit. This is one of the central texts in the New Testament, in the Scripture, from which we draw our belief about the Trinity. That Jesus is not just an interesting spiritual or moral teacher. He is God 
in the flesh. Now, how can he claim that unique relationship? Well, beginning in verse 30, he lines up three witnesses. John the Baptist, his own works, the healings, turning water into wine, and then the words of the Father in the Old Testament. He says, Scripture bears witness to this reality, so that by the end of the chapter, he says to these religious leaders that Moses, who taught them about the Sabbath, will accuse and condemn them because they rejected Jesus on the basis of the Sabbath. You should listen to Jesus because as he speaks about God, revealing who God is and what he wants, he speaks as God. Jesus isn't a guru from whom to draw interesting insights about life. One of the unique aspects of Christianity among major religions is that our founder doesn't merely claim to speak for God. He claims to speak as God. And so he speaks with unparalleled, transcendent authority. Reminds me of the words of T.S. Eliot in his poem, Little Gidding, which is part of the four quartet cycle. It's always hard to know exactly what T.S. Eliot is talking about, but he seems to be talking about some mystical experience, but these words could be applied to Jesus. He says, you are not here to verify or inform yourself or educate an opinion. He says, you are here to kneel. You are not here to verify You are here to kneel. Yesterday I read a review of the new Ridley Scott film, The Martian. And the reviewer made an interesting comparison between that film and Stanley Kubrick's classic 2001, A Space Odyssey. And he says, whereas for for Kubrick, space was this imposing void where puny humans trembled in the face of what is incomprehensible. For Scott and the Martian, space is a problem to be solved by a group of really smart adults with duct tape and a dry erase board. Jesus isn't Ridley Scott's version of space. As you come to him, you are here not to verify but to kneel. Now, that doesn't mean that questions are unwelcomed. That doesn't mean that doubts should be quickly and easily dismissed. The Bible is full of questions. It's full of wrestling with God and struggling with doubt. Those are elements not just for skeptics, but even for believers. But what this does mean is that in the end, ultimately, standing before Jesus, there are only two possible responses. Complete rejection or kneeling. Worship. Surrender. There is no middle ground. I would love to be able to say that there is middle ground. Because I... 
I don't, I don't enjoy, I, I don't want to be harsh. I like to be liked. I want you to like me, so I'd like to give you a little bit of wiggle room. But to be honest, to have integrity with the biblical message that is before us, I have to say there are two possible responses. Rejection, kneeling. Before Jesus, you are not here to verify. You are here to kneel. Why would we do that? Why would we choose kneeling rather than rejection? Well, because of a second reason for listening to Jesus. We should listen to him because in relationship to God, he is equal with God. He's the eternal son of God. He speaks with unparalleled authority. But we should also listen to him because of his relationship to us. There are two healing stories that lead to this extended teaching of Jesus as the Son of God. And in both of these stories, Jesus heals with His voice. He heals by speaking words. The first one is at the end of John chapter 4, Jesus returns to Cana, where He turned water into wine. And there was a young boy who's the son of a town official who is near death. That official comes to Jesus and invites him to his home. He says, come to my home so that my son can live. Jesus refuses. He says, no, go to your home and your son will live. The official returns to his home and discovers that at the very moment that Jesus said, your son will live, his son recovers. Second story at the beginning of John chapter 5, I've already mentioned it. There's this man who has been unable to walk all of his life. Jesus comes across him and asks him a question, and it seems a silly question. It seems an utterly obvious question. He, Jesus says, do you want to be healed? But in asking that, Jesus reveals this man's hope. This man was sitting by a pool and there were these superstitious beliefs that at certain times if you got in the pool first, you would be healed. It was a magical belief. And this man was sitting by that pool hoping for someone to get him in there first at the right time. Jesus doesn't put him in the pool. He simply says to him, get up and walk. And the man is healed. Both of these stories, where Jesus heals with his voice, they anticipate and demonstrate the flow of the narrative all leads to verse 25, which says that in response to the voice of the Son of God, the dead, not just the sick and broken, the dead will live. Jesus, when He speaks, He speaks resurrection. There's a reason for listening to Him. When He speaks, His voice calls forth new life for those who believe in Him. For those who trust in Him. You see, Jesus, who has life in Himself, when He speaks... 
That becomes life for us. For those who trust in Him. That infinite love between Father and Son spills over into healing and transforming love for us. That's why you should listen to Jesus. That's why you should hear and believe. Because His voice calls into being resurrection life. (coughs) The sad irony of this chapter is that those who know the most about the Bible miss it. Those who have the best religious education, highest standing in their community, they completely miss it. They miss that while they are accusing Jesus of breaking the Sabbath, Jesus is in reality accomplishing the Sabbath. Because the Sabbath wasn't just a day off, okay? The Sabbath is just not a nice day off, a nice vacation in the middle of the week, or to break up the weeks. The Sabbath was a time when God's people looked back to the original goodness of His creation, which led them to look forward in hope to the renewal of that creation. Which is what Jesus is doing. Scripture looks forward, the prophets look forward to a time, to an eternal Sabbath, when the lame would leap for joy. That's what Jesus is doing. He's taking what has been broken, and He's putting it back together. He's taking what has died, and He's bringing it back to life. Jesus doesn't merely have authority over Sabbath rules, He has the power to accomplish the Sabbath's purpose. But they missed it. When they saw this healed man, all they could see was his mat and broken traditions. But right in front of their face was his body and the promise and hope of a new creation. They missed it. They missed it. Will you? Will you miss it? We have this tragic capacity, don't we, to miss beauty that is right in front of our faces. If you don't believe me, go and search one-star Yelp reviews of national parks. And we're talking about some of the most stunningly gorgeous sites in all the world. And people complain about the lack of parking. Or bathrooms that are insufficiently clean. We have a tragic capacity to miss the beauty that's right in front of our faces. Don't miss the beauty of the gospel. The message about the one who speaks and resurrection happens. Now we think, we hear resurrection and we think future. We think that is something that is happening in the future. And that's true. But did you notice in verse 24? He says, the one who hears and believes has passed from death into life. As in, that's already happening. 
That is not just a future reality. That is a present reality. Jesus, right now, this moment, speaks new life for those who can hear Him by faith. Will you listen? Jesus is speaking. If you belong to Him, He is speaking. Even in your loss, in your pain, in your disappointment, in your failure. He is speaking with a voice that brings forgiveness and wholeness and healing and eternal life as God intended it rather than the judgment that you deserve. Will you listen? Don't miss the voice of the Son of God who not only teaches this, He accomplishes this. He not only heals this man, He not only calls people out of the grave, but He Himself entered the grave and conquered death so that He could say to you, Get up. Get up and walk. The new life that God desires for you. The freedom from fear and sin and death that God promises to you. Don't miss it. Learn to listen to the voice of Jesus. The resurrection voice of Jesus that comes to you daily. If you belong to Him by faith. Come to Him. Not as you would go to Newberry. Picking and choosing. Come to Him like you would come. To a great chef. Trusting whatever He puts on your plate. Not only because He has unmatched authority. Unparalleled authority. But because He has an unhindered ability. Give you life. Let's pray.